1: Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. On W4WN, a platform for the unheard.
0: Good evening America and good morning Australia. You're listening to Tony Lontis live on Radio 4 AUS this morning and this month, and it's looking like it's been such a popular segment, we're doing Authors in the Spotlight. And I've been approached by so many authors wanting to come on the show that I'm thinking that it might become a regular thing. So For our American listeners, over here in Australia, we are seeing lots of scenes of not great things like riots and uh, Black Lives Matters all over our screens. And I'm just reaching out this morning to see that you are all doing okay. I know that listeners are from across America and I'm hoping that you're all safe and that you remain safe. I think that for America, your country seems to be in a, such a time of unrest and uncertainty, and I feel that for you, um, and again, hoping that you're all safe and staying safe. A big shout out to everyone listening this morning. Let me know that you're listening online. Say day. Let me know what's on your mind. And in the meantime, I'm going to introduce you and talk about our amazing author today, who has an incredibly interesting story. So Meredith Mast is a ballet dancer who has a beautiful ballet school and who writes amazing children's books. Meredith has been performing and studying and teaching ballet for over 40 years. And she began her training in Miami, Florida, where this wonderful show emanates from under the instruction of Carol Ravitch, a former ballerina with the Boston Ballet, and Thomas Amore of the Miami Ballet. At the age of 14, she had accepted recruited the Houston Ballet Academy on a full scholarship. While in the academy, she danced several of Ben stevenson's works including the lead in tangos for emily which was performed for princess christina's of sweden at the academy's annual concert at the age of 17 meredith was accepted into the houston ballet where she danced roles in many of the classics including swan lake gazelle capilla the sleeping beauty and cinderella she also performed several Balanchet works including Serenade, Four Temperaments, and Symphony in C. Upon retiring from Houston Ballet, Meredith earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in Psychology from the University of Texas at Austin. After graduating, she pursued a career in human resources and began teaching ballet. After moving to Madison, Meredith uh, and her husband designed a program specifically for children's ages three to nine called Storybook Ballet. And what a lovely name that is, listeners. Children's, Ballet's, children's Ballet Program incorporates basic ballet instruction with costumes, props, music, drama and children's stories. In addition, she's taught classical ballet at all levels at various dance studios in and around Madison, Wisconsin. Mary's passion is teaching and working with children, and when teaching dance to young children, she believes in tapping into a child's imagination and allowing the child to explore the beauty of dance. By making movement magical, she hopes to plant the seed for a love of art form, which will grow individually. With older children and adults, she emphasises proper classical ballet technique, yet still provides opportunities for students to move freely, such that their love of dance will continue to flourish. Meredith also is a published author, which leads us to today's segment, and she's written her first storybook ballet original fairy tale entitled, Willow Rose Learns Honesty. And it's co-authored with her mother. So Willow Rose Learned Honesty is the first in a series of unique new children's books created by Meredith and her mother, Marvia Corville. Meredith, the founder of Storybook Ballet, wanted to create stories for her, stu- for her students rather that were colourful, concise, and would incorporate a set of values to empower children for life. In this delightful introduction to the concept, we meet Willow Rose, who is lonely in her new garden. The flowers and the insects don't want to be her friends, and she is, and they are fearful of her thorns. Then one day, she tells a lie to a grasshopper, when she realises that not being honest willow rose must learn to tell the truth in practicing the virtue of honesty willow rose makes a friend and this classic one endorsed by parents grandparents and teachers and children everywhere is a fabulous story and since we have the lovely meredith online with us already i might introduce her good morning meredith or good evening for you
2: hello Thank you for having me. How are
0: you tonight? Hello, Meredith. Oh, hello. Is this better now? (laughs) That's that's better. Those technical things, I tell you, they slip us up all the time, don't they? They
2: do. Yep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you've got a wonderful, magical story, and um, I have always had a huge imagination. So I love fairy tales and even more importantly I love that you're telling them in a new and unique way. So what made you think about publishing children's books? So your your history and your life's work's been around ballet. How did you get from ballet to writing fairy tales?
2: But It it happens so naturally. Um, I've been teaching now for 20 years.
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: um, when I started my program, um, pretty quickly on, we started incorporating stories into the classes, bits and pieces of stories and a lot of imagination. So instead of walking across the floor, learning how to point our toe and do a toe heel step rather than heel toe. We imagined we were the princess walking across the floor to meet the prince. And then we incorporated stories and costumes and such. And um, so along the way, Um, A few years back, I just came up with the idea of maybe starting my own stories, creating my own stories that would be just perfect for our students. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to write stories that were um, not too long and that had bright, big, colorful illustrations that were written with movement in mind. And also incorporated a virtue. You know, what could we walk out of our ballet class with beside the movement as- aspect of ballet? What yeah. else? We have so much opportunity to teach these children so many things. And so that's where how, how, why we decided to incorporate virtues as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Each of your books, and you have a
2: number. How many do you have now, Meredith? So we have one that's been published, but we've yeah. written about five now.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. And the one that's been published is the Willow Rose Learns Honesty uh, Correct. one. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And you've also gone a step further, and it's available in audiobook, isn't it?
2: It is now. It sure is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So – are you?
0: Do you think that you're going to publish the rest of the series as well? Because this is such a beautiful children's book, and i yeah, thank you. <laughs> I've just put a picture of it up into the chat box for the listeners who are online today.
2: We certainly may. Um, my mother and I really had visions of a whole series. And um, it certainly um, is is time involved. And, yes. um, you know, it's not the easiest process in the world. Um, and I have four children and my business to run. And so you know, we definitely want to pursue that down the line. It's just kind of finding the right time when we have enough time to focus on um, publishing these other books.
0: So Meredith, you have four boys. I do. Girls. Do no girls. <laughs>
2: no boys. Do the boys do ballet? They don't. Um, oh, no. When I know, it's just so <laughs> ironic. Um, actually, um, three of my four play hockey of all sports. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, they through the years, they did a little bit of, they would try a class here and there with me. And, of course, it's, you know, very well represented by me in my home. And they know it's been my, my whole life and my passion. Um, but pretty quickly on, they were not very interested in it. <laughs> so I had to quickly learn about sports. Sports and um, the different sports and the logo, the, the, the wording that goes along with sports and become a sports mom through, through the years. And do you mind me asking, how old are your boys now, Meredith? So they are 12, 15, 16 and 18. I have a high school graduate now.
0: Oh, they're interesting ages for you. No wonder you're busy. Are they taking yes. you out of house and home? Oh,
2: my goodness. Yes, Don't especially during the quarantine, the, the amount of food we have gone through. Um, I pretty much feel like I live in the kitchen morning, <laughs> day, and night, and they um, multiple more than three meals a day. You know, luckily they, they've started cooking a little bit, so when they're hungry and Fantastic. they know I'm busy, they'll just go make an egg, you know?
0: <laughs> Fantastic. So, So are you out of lockdown over there in Madison yet?
2: So we're slowly coming out. Yeah. Um, I actually, my business is in Madison, but I live out in Sauk County. And Sauk County is is a little bit ahead of where um, the county where my studio is in. So we are going to be opening up um, the studio in about two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And so things are kind of, sorry, there's, you know, uh, there's lots of ca- precautions and rules and regulations in place, but we're, we're getting there.
0: Mm-hmm. What sort of precautions do you have to take to open up the studio again. oh my
2: goodness a lot um, we've been working very hard um, I could I could probably spend an hour on it but um, we've we've um, established um, I've set up floor stickers so we have stickers to mark where the students will sit yeah. and where they will stand um, our clientele is very young so yes. to, ha- to ask a three-year-old to socially distance yes. in a ballet class is That's not going it. to be easy um mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we've got an entrance now and an exit. Um, we've got all the cleaning protocols ready to go. Um, when we read our stories, we're gonna. We've purchased a projector and we're gonna project oh. the pages onto the walls so oh. that the children can be more spread out and see the pages yeah. bigger. So there's a lot of steps that we're taking.
0: Yes, it certainly changed the way we think about life, and we'll probably do life going forward um this Mm -hmm. horrible uh virus the other thing i wanted to ask you before i get back onto the books was we've seen um in australia lots of the things that are going on in america in terms of um the violence and rioting and demonstrations how is it in uh madison have you seen much that is concerning for you and the family
2: Yes, um, we not in our where we live. We live um, in, in a very rural area out um, in the country. We have acreage. And so we feel we feel pretty comfortable here. But in Madison, where my business is, um, there are things going on. My husband is a first responder. So awesome. we worry quite a bit about him. Um, yes. But it's it's not to the degree of some of the larger cities. And so um, we but we do, we are worried. And um, so far, where my place of business is, we have not, um, thankfully, been affected by the looting and rioting.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank goodness for that. Do you feel, Madison, uh, Meredith, rather, that um, America is going through a change? Because from the outside looking in, it looks like America is in um, upheaval.
2: Hmm. Hmm. In Madison, um, doesn't look the same. The um, downtown area, you know, with the boarding up of yes. all the businesses. Um, they're saying that about forty businesses in that main area are already reporting that they're not going to be able to reopen. And um, so there's a, it's it's uh, definitely a sad and challenging time
0: mm-hmm. yeah i i feel very much for america as a nation um seeing what we're seeing in australia of what's going on in your beautiful big country and feel very much that there's there's so much turmoil for you guys to uh, are going through it's like mm-hmm. a, a, it's like watching a growth a a tumultuous teenager growing into an adult, I guess. That's what it kind of looks like from the outside looking sure. in. Sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: questioning um, ideals and, and, and questioning your way of life and those sorts of things, which perhaps could be a beautiful thing for America, but it's it's troubling watching it happen from the outside. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask, Meredith, about some of your ballet stories Yes,
2: many, many good years. Yeah, (laughs) Um, But you danced for a long time. I did, I did. I I danced um, since the age of four, and um, my aunt was a professional ballerina, and it kind of was just something in our family, and... Um, my mother didn't have really much opportunity to study dance. Mm -hmm. And so when I came along and showed a spark of interest, um, there I was at ballet class and, um, took to it right away, just, um, very serious about it at a very young age, by the age of nine, I was taking classes six days a week. And, um, from school up until evening hours, you know, I studied very hard. And then at age 14, Um, I started going across the country in the summers to train and then at age 15 I was asked to move there to train which pretty much is an is a sign that they're looking at you for employment for a a spot in the company so um, I was I moved there and then I was hired at age 17 to dance professionally by the Houston Ballet and um, and I did that for five years. It it is. It's Mm -hmm. a prestigious
0: company with with world-renowned name. So that's um, an incredible achievement for you after working so hard for so long.
2: And I I think I realize that now more as I as I've gotten older, you know, at the time, it was just what I knew. And I kind of expected that of myself. And now looking back and raising children of my own, I realize what a level of accomplishment that was and, and how hard I worked to get there and how that's not an opportunity that many people have.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we've all heard the stories about how hard ballet dancers work in terms of crafting their ballet. Mm-hmm. Did it have impacts on your body?
2: You know, um I would say I'm I'm on the fortunate side. Uh it I the in the sense that long-term impacts, I would say, no, I have very, very little in terms of, I, I consider myself very strong, very healthy, um, not a lot of aches and pains. But while I was a dancer, um, I think I was 19, I was actually performing on the stage and I did a jump and I landed on the outside of my ankle and could feel my ankle just snap. And um And that injury really is what cost me, I think, my career because I struggled to get the strength back in that ankle yeah. and then when I finally did and I was back to dancing and performing I re-injured it the same ankle so um, so that the battle was there um, while I was actually dancing and then as a result of the pain and the um, and compensating for the pain I developed stress fractures in my other foot because oh. I was putting extra weight on that foot so um so it was there was a string of injuries there and that was kind of why i I decided after about five years of dancing professionally that it was time that i i did something different
0: and that's when you decided to do um your arts degree and psychology correct and then what led you into the human resources arena versus the psychology counseling what what, yes decision making around that
2: so I um, I had a job while I was in college where I worked for an employee assistant program mm-hmm. and um, and I, I realized during that stretch of employment that this it made me rethink if I wanted to go back to get a graduate degree and if I wanted to go down the original road that I was thinking and so um, I, I decided not to pursue a higher level after undergraduate and instead started working just kind of trying to determine what I wanted to do um, after my dance career, and it was actually while I was working in human resources that I took a Saturday morning teaching job All for right. ballet on the side, and All so right. that was really what um, I kind of felt like I was coming full circle and yes. coming back to my roots of ballet, and that's when I kind of realized that I really wanted to work with children, and that yes. was something that I was destined to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so the, it started slowly, and then you uh, you've got your own studio now. And I love the name of your ballet, you. Storybook Ballet. is is really a magical name, isn't it? I, I think so. Yeah. 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 I think it is too. And so you've got this wonderful studio where you teach children and and use your books. How did your mum get involved?
2: So my mother is um, a very creative woman and um, has always dabbled in writing Um, and through the years she's written um, little like magazine articles, newspaper articles, and always wanted to write a book and to be a published author. It's been a long-term goal of hers. And so it was just a conversation we had one day, I think, when she was visiting where, you know, we were talking about my program and she, when she visits from Florida, they should come to the studio and watch classes. And so, you know, I, I really want to create my own stories. I want to I write books that are perfect for, um, for the children and yes. will incorporate the ballet, but also incorporate something big, another, another lesson as well. Yes. And so she's like, why don't we do it? Let's write yes. some children's stories. And so um, we talked about um, kind of a little bit, what kind of characters did we want? How long did we want them to be? What were the virtues that we wanted to start off focusing on? And, um, and she did much of the writing, um, the creativity of the characters and, and then she would bounce it back on me. And then I would give my input and tell her how we would dance the story and how we would bring it to Uh life within the studio. And we go back and forth and we would tweak words and we would, um, change phrases. And it was, it was such a fun and collaborative effort for my mother and I.
0: Oh, fantastic. So what, is your ideal age group? So, what 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 age do you are your books targeted at?
2: So, um, our books are targeted for three to seven year olds. Yes. Mhm. Um, and that's you would teach all ages, but are the bulk of your classes in three to seven year olds? They are correct. So, our school is designed for three to nine year olds, and um, and that stemmed from. Uh, I, I love all age. There's not an age group I don't love to teach. I've even te- taught adult ballet before. And, but when my children were um, little, and when we were building our family, um, uh-huh. I wanted to be able to be home at night and not be at the studio very, very late in the evening. And so we scaled back the ages because we uh-huh. didn't want to have them dancers there at nine o'clock at night and so that was kind of how um the age group started and we 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 had such great response and um and clientele for that age group that we just kind of stayed there
0: (laughs) yeah yeah no that 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 sounds like a perfect age group because they are little sponges for information and learning um at that age yeah Mm -hmm. and so eventually they grow up do any of your students still do ballet or do, and do they do it professionally
2: so we have um, so we, we try to keep in contact with yes. our students as best as we can and um, we have had students that um, I had a student who went on to the North Carolina School of Performing Arts yes. and we have a student who danced out in in um, Pennsylvania yeah. for a while. And so we, um, try to keep track and, and tell the families to keep in touch with us. But, uh, we, we don't, we don't have any at the moment that are actually, um, dancing on a stage professionally. So, um, we, we, I learned through my years of teaching that, um, what my goal was to give them the foundation that they yes. needed should they want to pro- to pursue a professional career, but more importantly, I really wanted them to to come out of this with a love of the art form and appreciation of classical ballet, Um, but provide them with the framework for if they wanted to pursue and if they had the physical attributes and the desire and it was in their heart to pursue a career in ballet that they would have the foundation that they needed.
0: Um, Meredith, are there specific attributes that you look for in ballerinas is is it something to do
2: with height
0: and body shape or so a lot to do
2: just yeah with physicality so um the the certain body types um, do lend themselves yeah. better to ballet and it's not just a lot of times um, people will think oh you have to be you know very thin or and mm-hmm. and while that's part of it um, it's all ballet is classical ballet is about the line so it's about yeah. the look the shape that you can make with your body and so oh. there are certain physical attributes that um, promote a better line so the shape of your feet um, the shape of your your, your proportions yeah. long legs, short torso, okay. things like that. Um, it is it is harder. For taller ladies because when you also are on your when you're on point yeah. that adds the length of your foot and yes. so then you have to be specifically partnered with a male dancer who is that much taller than you as well. Um, but, but compared to um, even 20, 30 years ago um, a lot of ballet companies are much more appreciative of different types of physiques. Uh-huh. and uh-huh. so um, that has changed a lot through the years.
0: Oh, that's, that's good to know because, yeah, you often think of, of um, tiny ballerinas um, or, you know, that, that long, lean line, yes. but it's good to yes. know that, that that's changing. As a, a mother of a daughter who did ballet for, oh, gosh, probably 10 years, I think, um, I, I, I have a love of what ballet creates in your child's life. Um, that that there's certain elements of that that discipline and and practice that yeah. is the great virtues for going on to adult life. And then there's all the magic of the costumes and the makeup and the creation oh, nice. of the story. And, yeah, I miss that. mine my, my daughter's now uh, almost thirty two, so <laughs> it's been
2: quite a while. but but it did contribute to her her life yeah. so much it sounds like
0: yeah 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 i i I've, I've got pictures in my mind of one of the more beautiful ballet dance uh, Christmas specials that they did and they had these wondrous dresses and Mm. headpieces and, uh, yeah, it was fun. I I miss that. Um, I only have a grandson now and he's looking like a footballer or a soccer (laughs) No no ballet, no nana ballet for me yet. No. So tell me about the um drawing of the characters. How did that process work for you and your mom
2: oh, so that was probably one of the most challenging <laughs> parts of the process was yeah. the illustration aspect um, uh-huh. because with this book in particular um, willow rose is a rose bush so um, yeah. to take to take an um, and a lot of our books actually our characters are stem from nature so uh, to take a rose bush and to give it features and um, an animated face you know things like yeah. that was really challenging and and so we, um, you know, not having an illustration background, we yeah. um, just basically reached out and and kind of put an ad out there for. Mm-hmm. Um, an illustrator through the through the university um, uh-huh. we, and we found a couple of people that were interested and then we had them submit um, their idea of mm-hmm. Willow Rose and so that was how we selected um, our illustrator and uh, but it was certainly um, ty- you know it's challenging and what you have in your mind and then to explain that and to have yes. that come out through somebody else's mind you know it's yes. definitely um, that was a hard a hard process for us
0: yes. Yeah, yeah. So the Willow Rose that we see on the cover of Willow Rose Learns Honesty, is that close to what you envisaged?
2: Um, I think it is. That's why we we ended up with that particular drawing um, illustrator. Um, it, we had to tweak it. We went back and forth a few times to get kind of the the look of the main character. Um, but it is certainly it was definitely that was fun as well was yeah. to see how other people would envision Willow Rose and to see the differences in in and how how very different people could envision Willow Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And what about the other characters in in the book, Meredith? Tell us about some of the other characters and what they represent in terms of your vision for the book.
2: So, um, we have in the beginning of the book, we have willow rose, um, in her, in the garden and the flowers are not very welcoming to her. So there's a grouping of flowers that are a little bit snooty that, um, (laughs) as we say in the book, they bend their blossoms away from her. So, um, so that was very fun. And that's something that was written so that we can, we can do that in our ballet class. We can bend Uh away. So, um, we have a grasshopper who, um. Um, gets gets injured um, by, by you know by the thorns. We have yeah. Butter the Bumblebee, um, who oh. is probably my favorite. I love the name Butter the Bumblebee.
0: Say, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> and, at the bumblebees on the on the cover of the book and thinking, oh gosh, they're such
2: cute bumblebees.
0: <laughs> So cute,
2: right? And we ha- we have an aunt as well. And and again, you know, coming up with these illustrations is is certainly hard. And then trying to take these characters and envision how we bring them to life within a ballet class. Um, but but certainly the the, the most fun part of the creative process is is, you know, is creating the story and creating the characters. And- and how did
0: you decide what sort of flowers would be would be the flowers that um, turned their blossoms away from Willow Rose?
2: Well, that we left up to the illustrator. So oh. um we wanted her to have um, you know free reign with some of the characters. And so um, we didn't give her, we I think we spent gave her the most input on Willow Rose. Um, yes. the willow rose character but the the garden and the, the characters within the garden um and like butter we let her really you know come up with what what you see and then we tweaked it yeah. from there so she did have that was that was very much um what she envisioned it's for those characters yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very pretty, isn't it? It's it's it, like it just grabs so. your imagine, ah, uh, your imagination, and I I can I can have a vision of the books being, you know, used in your ballet classes and how the kids must love them, and they do love them, I'm sure.
2: We we did we did get very we've had such wonderful feedback from the children and from their families, and that was that was really what what um, spawned us to to publish Willow Rose was um, originally we just we created the book and then we we literally just went to the printer and we printed mm-hmm. the pages and we we read them initially that way. But we had such mm-hmm. great feedback and and stories of um, from parents saying, oh, you know, we, we we danced it when we got home or she told mm-hmm. me about Willow Rose or she understands what the word honesty means now. And and those those wonderful pieces of feedback that really inspired us and just I did, and that helped yes. us decide to publish.
0: The, and that was my next question. So Willow, you've got these wonderful books. How did you decide that Willow Rose and uh, Willow Rose Learns Honesty would be the first one, and not one of the others about responsibility and patience and kindness?
2: Well, we um, we did initially pick a couple. I think we did three books. And when uh-huh. we were looking for the illustrator. We had them choose. You can draw a picture of a rose bush or a caterpillar or Uh a breeze. One of our books is about a breeze, like a wind. And so that the this particular drawing of Willow Rose was the one that we felt was the strongest. Yeah, exactly. Uh So that's kind of what made us choose to go with that one first.
0: Okay. And so you just mentioned a caterpillar. What does the caterpillar, is that the responsibility book?
2: So the caterpillar is patience. So um, Chloe, Chloe the Caterpillar um, learns patience. So the book is called Chloe Learns Patience. And Chloe um, has to learn to be patient Um, to get her wings so in the beginning of the story she's only a caterpillar and her brothers and sisters are butterflies and so she has to learn to wait and so it's a great story to teach children, a great way to teach children about patience. And patience is one of the biggest things we learn in a ballet class. We have to mm-hmm. learn to be patient, to wait for our turn to dance mm-hmm. across the floor, to wait for our ballet class to start. And I think it's just a great life lesson. I think adults yes. need to be reminded of patience. And yeah, so um, so, so this that... Thing. Yes, right. So that one is um, that's Chloe learns patience, and then we the breeze one is called um, Whisper Breeze learns responsibility, and. Mm-hmm whisper is a very light delicate breeze and her responsibility is to dry the petals on the flowers after a rain and dry the birds feathers after a, a thunderstorm but one day she decides she wants bigger more important responsibilities she wants to help the sailboat sail across the waves she wants to help help the tree bend in the wind and then she realizes when she when the when the petals can't stand up when the flowers can't stand up straight and the birds can't fly she realizes that her responsibility is just as important as the responsibility of the sailboat blowing through the wind through the through the waves so it's a lovely story and that one is so fun to dance because we get to dance around the room like a wind and it's just lovely
0: yeah yeah and the kindest one
2: and i'm sorry what was that the Kindness Book. Oh, the Kindness. Yes, Woodland Fairies Learned Kindness. So oh, oh, it's a fairy story that takes place in the in a, in the, the woodlands, and yes. um and it's about a little. It's about a um a group of fairies yes. who encounter. Another fairy who comes their way, and instead of being kind and welcoming, she's she's different from them. And they say that she's too too big and too tall to tiptoe through the toadstools. And so they, um, you can imagine us in our ballet class tiptoeing through the toadstools Absolutely. and through the flowers. And um, and so instead of being welcoming, they um they turn her away and they aren't very friendly. But one day, one of the fairies, one in that group, gets stuck up in a tree and only the tall fairy can help her get down so the tall fairy helps her and then they learn the lesson of of kindness because she was kind and she she helped the fairy and they learned in turn about being kind so um, that's a lovely story that we dance as well
0: Oh wow, they sound magical and exactly, I can envision them exactly as as you're telling them. So with um, Willow Roseland's Honesty, it's available on Amazon and, and Barnes & Noble and all online resellers.
2: Um, It's available, yep, Amazon and Barnes & Noble and then through the publisher as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Ask directly through the publisher. And I know that I've just put up in the chat box for everyone to see is that you can be contacted for a signed um, book and I've put your email up there as well. Of course. So Mm -hmm. let me ask about the physicality of the book. Did you decide to go with a hardcover or is it a softcover?
2: It's a hardcover. It's a beautiful book. Um, it's an eight eight by eight, so it's not very. It's not too big, but it's not super small either. Um, it's a nice. It's and big enough to see all the illustrations. It's got a shiny, beautiful cover, hardback. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and the pages inside. So this is because I'm I've published a book, so I I'm asking specifically about all these little questions that go into producing a po- book that I'm not sure. Uh, listeners understand that it's it's quite complex in choosing a cover, a cover image, the paper that you're going to use in the book, the the uh, gauge of the the hardcover you're going to use. All of these decisions go into making a book, and particularly a children's book. Um, so it's not a straightforward and easy process.
2: Correct. Right. We did have a lot of help from our publisher, um, was able to guide us on some of those difficult decisions and, um, and we were appreciative of that help.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's very good that they gave you so much help. And so do you think that you'll go and get one of the next ones published soon?
2: Um, we would love to, I could certainly say that the situation right now has been a, a big hiccup for us. Um, uh, with our um, business and with um, our studio being closed right now. Nice. So that's the forefront on our mind is being able to reopen okay. and get back to classes safely. Yeah. Um, but yes, we, we hope to do it soon. I don't, we don't have an exact time frame right, right. now, um, but we have our books all written. So it's yeah. just a matter of taking that next step and deciding, okay, we're going to go for the publishing again.
0: And how are you going to pick the next one to publish? That's that's tricky.
2: <laughs> um, that's tricky. I'd probably leave that up to my mother and say, I "What is your next favorite one to publish?" <laughs> and what? <laughs> or it might be the same process with the finding of the finding the, the um, you know how we went illustrator. Mm-hmm. Would you necessarily use the
0: same illustrator, or is your intent to have a different um, a different feel for each of the books in the series, or are you trying to keep them similar?
2: I think we'd probably want to have a different feel for each okay. book. So I think that that variety is really fun for children yes. too. And yes. so I think that that we would enjoy having um, a different, um, a slightly different look, you know, to the illustrations.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would use the same process again in determining to uh, an illustrator.
2: Um, we probably would. Yes, we probably would, yeah. would, would, would do it, um, the same way unless we were advised to maybe try something different, but, um, we, that would be probably the way we would do it again.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So Meredith, when you're not doing ballet and writing wonderful children's books,
2: mm-hmm. what else would you like to do? Um, let's see. I let's see. Like, like to exercise know. Yes, Um, I I, I can't say that I particularly have a hobby right now with the ages of my boys, although we we do have a second driver now. This just happened. So our world is is opening up a little bit. Um, So, um, but I do, I do love to exercise. I do yoga on the side um, when I'm not teaching. And I I definitely can say that I spend a lot of time in the kitchen, as I said. (laughs) Understandable. (laughs) Um, but we do we do travel a lot with the hockey, so that is something that takes up quite a bit of our time. And then um, obviously running the business and, um, and then the books, I feel like that's pretty much um, where my life is at. That, yep, takes up pretty much everything right now, and that's okay. <laughs>
0: so your oldest who is driving now, have you, is he good with it? Does he, do you let him drive his younger brother's? We
2: do. Yes, we do. So he is, um, he is a very good driver, very responsible. Um, but now we have a 16 year old who's driving. And so that is a little bit scarier. He just got his license like two weeks ago. And, um, He they started opening up hockey a little bit now, so Uh he takes uh, his brother that's a year younger, and they go off and they drive an hour to practice, (laughs) and an hour back, and that's that's scary. Yeah, it's a little scary.
0: I get that. That that would be a little scary. knowing that they've gotten there safely and knowing that they've gotten home safely would, yes, I remember those feelings of um, (laughs) new young drivers and, oh, my God, are they okay? Well,
2: and nowadays, thank goodness for the technology because you can kind of see where they are. You know, you can, I can, uh, and I think my parents didn't have that with me.
0: (laughs) No, you just like went and maybe you rang and said, I'm here safely. Maybe you didn't, but um, yeah, the, the technology enables you to keep... A bit of an eye on where they are, and um, it sounds like they're pretty responsible boys. So I'm, I'm sure they really they are. are. Um. So when you say that the boys travel across the country, all over America, not internationally.
2: Um. No. Just, just in in the U.S. Um. Yes. We we have to travel sometimes out of state for tournaments and stuff, but um, but nothing beyond that right now. Thank goodness. <laughs> so. Did.
0: Were sports closed down like as long along with your ballet studio, mm-hmm. the hockey I assume was all closed down. Everything.
2: As well? yeah. Yep, everything was closed. Um some of them also play lacrosse and yeah. so they the high school lacrosse season like never existed. So we didn't have yeah. that. Um spring soccer was cancelled, baseball oh. for the summer is canceled. Oh. And um which, you know, the I mean, they are opening up the hockey rinks now, but there's limitations on how many kids can be on the ice mm-hmm. and things like that. So they're they're ready to get out and, and do stuff. It's been a long time Absolutely. at home, but you know,
0: <laughs> how did you keep them busy besides eating you out of house and home? How did you keep them busy?
2: You know, I am I am blessed because they are so um, they're dedicated. They're self driven we didn't have to do a whole lot they they would get, they get up at 6 or 6:30 in the morning they set their alarm they do their workouts they do workouts at home they do their online schooling which is now done Um, and then they would have the rest of the day and they would do more exercise if they wanted, they um, as things started to relax, they were able to maybe go see a friend Uh Um, we do live out in the country, so there's always outside stuff to be done I've got one that's covered in poison ivy right now, poor thing Um, but Mm. we we keep them busy, you know, we do keep them busy with outside work, we had them paint Uh the garage one day, so just to give them something to do, they painted the inside of the garage
0: Mm -hmm. Well done, so So you're on acreage as well? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. And you've got animals? We have a dog and we have a cat. We don't have oh. farm animals, um, but we, our neighbors have um, donkeys and sheep and chickens. And so they also have employment with our neighbors next door and they go over oh. and they help them with the Fantastic. animals. So <laughs> yeah, so it's the beauty of living out where we do during this time, we've been grateful for it because there's a lot to do and they have dirt bikes and four wheelers and yes. they can go roam yes. around and do oh. their thing. And they love that. So
0: yeah, i I, I get that um we live on acreage and have uh, two llamas and eight goats and uh, oh my goodness <laughs> when the grandson visits who he's almost 4 he, he just he is outside and you just got to remember to check that where he is and what he's doing because he just goes and climbs trees and up and oh, down the that's bank
2: oh wonderful
0: hangs out with just the goats and, and uh, slides down banks and you know all those wonderful things that that boys do and how it should um, be Mm -hmm. yeah 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 he it's such so good for him to be in the dirt and the mud and playing with sticks and uh yes We've just finally had him for an overnight stay uh, last weekend after all this time, and we just had the best time. Um, mm. Him and his poppy um, have uh, big, long stick fights that see them both uh, uh, rolling around the, the ground in laughter at themselves. So, it's,
2: it's Oh, about, that's great. <laughs> it's a wonderful that's thing. That's great. And well, and so simple. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Yes, and then he'll run down the paddock and uh, pick the, because where our trees are losing all their leaves at the moment and the big um, maples down the backyard, um, the goats love to eat those leaves and any leaves that happen to fall into their paddock, they munch pretty quickly, but uh, the grandson knows that he can walk down there, go through the fence, grab all the leaves and the goats will follow him anywhere just to get some of those leaves.
1: Oh, that's That's awesome. It is
0: about fallen leaves, but the goats love them. And um, so that keeps him busy as well. So yeah, I, boys are wonderful.
2: I, I never imagined myself with boys, but no. now that I have four, I, I I always envisioned you know daughters in my in ballet. And I had ironically the four boys, but I tell everyone I'm like I have the best of both worlds because I have yes. my four boys at home, and I have we do have boys in our ballet studio, but the yeah. majority are girls. So I have I have them very well rounded with yeah. um, boys and girls. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. We are just about out of time and I don't want to <laughs> let you go before oh. um, we mentioned that glorious book of yours. So the children's book is called Willow Rose Learns Honesty. It's available online at Amazon, Barnes and Noble and from the publisher Soup, which right. is something or other publishing uh, in Wisconsin in the USA. And I've also put up Uh, Meredith's contact details and her email if you'd like a signed copy if you're in the US and I encourage you if you've got little ones between the ages of three and seven have a look at this beautiful book Willow Roseland's Honesty it's fabulously illustrated and a beautiful story and Meredith I really look forward to seeing more from the series of storybook virtues and I'm going to let you go because i've kept you over time and i'm so grateful that you agreed to come on radio tony today it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and hearing about your story and i must let you go so thank you very much meredith
2: thank you for having me thank you so much
0: My pleasure. That's Meredith Mast and her children's book, Willow Rose Learns Honesty. And I'm going to let Meredith go and I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we've got on next week. So next week we're going to have another author on the show and we'll be talking about their book and their publishing process and how they come to uh, write their book. And publish their book and the process that they followed to publish their book. So next week on Radio Tony Spotlight on the authors, we will have another um, wonderful author for you to introduce to you and for you to get to know. But just finally before we run out of time, the author today was the lovely Meredith Mast, who published a book in uh, co-authored the book with her mother. Uh, Marvia Corval and the book is Willow Rose Learns Honesty and it's a delightful children's story that helps teach the importance of honesty it has full of beautiful colourful illustrations and characters derived from a garden and it's of a length appropriate to young children from three to seven and it will help you engage teach and delight your young readers available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble across the world and we are just about out of time my wonderful listeners today we are going to throw to the break and i'd love you to join me all next week on radio tony spotlight on the authors this time next week Bye
1: for now. Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl. Discovering a woman of strength and beauty is the new book from Australian author Tony Lontis. Available in paper, e-book and audio formats. Resilience is the true life story of Tony experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues and the ultimate betrayal of someone shit. Available for download now through all good online retailers and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations. Exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. A platform for the unheard. Radio Tony. With Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio Radio to Radio Tony, Radio Tony. Radio Tony. Available now on amazon.com and in all good bookstores yeah. Radio Tony Back next Thursday from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live from the Gold Coast, Australia Mom.